yeah, after I had, you know, all of the tests done and the HSG and they, you know, gave me that diagnosis of unexplained infertility, my doctor basically told me that um, I had a less than 5% chance of conceiving on my own, which was really shocking to me. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama in 30, where we are all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health, infertility, mom guilt, and the craziness that comes with raising a family. Get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's work to embrace the messy together. Hey, hey, mamas. Um, Happy New Year, first of all, and welcome to season two. Believe it or not, this is our officially our first episode of our second season, which is crazy. It's insane (laughs) that we I know this has been a dream of ours for a long time coming. So to think about us completing our first season is pretty awesome. Oh, 100. And I will have to say it's an amazing one. We have a pretty awesome <laughs> episode, you guys. Um, we have some big news. I feel like, Bailey, you're the one who needs to shout it out before we get any farther. So, Bailey, if they don't know, please share the news. I'm pregnant. Woo! Yes. <laughs> yes, you guys. Bailey is pregnant, if you haven't heard. Um, so excited for her. Um, we are just pumped. And she's going to be taking us all along for this journey, this nine-month oh, yeah. journey where we're going <laughs> to. I just, I feel like we're going to get so much um, from your experiences and as you dive into motherhood. So I'm, gonna I'm pretty excited. Too, I feel like. <laughs> and, and you're going <laughs> to learn a lot too. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to learn a lot through this. Um, for those of you who don't know though, Bailey and I are co-owners of um, Fit Mom and 30. So it's an online fitness and nutrition program for moms and expecting moms. Mm-hmm. Um, we came up with the idea about four years ago. Um, right around the time I just had had my second child and we were talking about how it was so hard, you know, to get in workouts with kids and just take care of yourself. So um, we jumped in and developed a program for moms. And then just in the past year, I guess it's a year, we um, both of us became pre and postnatal certified and we developed a course for mamas to be and postpartum moms. So we're excited mm-hmm. that Bailey gets to now experience this journey of pregnancy, motherhood, and of course, provide a bunch of tips along the way. So yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm kind of excited congrats. to take everyone on the journey with me and kind of go from there. But it's going to be a learning experience for me too. Like I said, I feel like, you know, you, you don't really know until you're going through it. It's so true. As long as you keep <laughs> that mindset, you're good. Yes. I'll try. I'll try. I'll the best. <laughs> um, so with that, you know, as you know, as most of you know, and some of you might have experienced or honestly currently being experienced, being, be experiencing getting pregnant isn't always as easy as you think it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, you, you have these dreams of we're going to get married. We're going to have, get a house. We're going to have a baby during this time. We're going to have two kids. We're gonna, like, you have in your head, like, it's just going to be like, you know, here we go. Here we go. Um, and on, personally, I struggled for nine months to get pregnant with my first, um, ended up getting pregnant after two rounds of Clomid. And it was hard. It was frustrating. And honestly, no one was really talking about it. I felt pretty alone and kind of like I felt like I was the only one going through it. 
Um, and unfortunately, um, as Bailey's going to kind of talk us through, Bailey um, is a, a experienced unexplained infertility for almost a year. Um, and today we're going to talk to her about it. Like she is very mm-hmm. open to just sharing her journey to get to this point, um, to get pregnant. And she wants to be open and honest because she knows that people need to hear this. She wants to be open and honest so that, you know, those of you who are listening to this, who either struggled through it or are currently going through it, know that you're not alone and hopefully she can guide you. I just feel like, you know, you just, you just experienced this, like it's fresh to you. I just feel like Mm -hmm. you have a lot of insight and a lot of things that people can really, really learn from you. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So with that, Bay, let's, let's jump into it. So I say, why don't we start with, um, let's start with like your infertility time timeline. So I kind of mentioned in the intro that it took you about a year, but let's kind of dive into your journey to build a family. So when, you know, when did you and Kevin, you guys have been married for a a while, you Mm -hmm. bought a house. When did you decide like, all right, we're ready to start a family. How did you know it was the right time? Yeah. So we've been married for a little over four years now, and we always knew that we wanted to start a family, but we knew that Prior to that, we wanted to kind of mark some things off our checklist, like a lot of people I feel like do. And we wanted to, you know, travel a little bit, see the world. Um, We wanted to buy a house because we were still living in a small apartment downtown Indianapolis. And so I think once, you know, all those things happened and it was really once we purchased our home that we were like, okay, you know, we're ready. We've, I mean, we feel ready at least, you know, to, to make that, to actually start trying. Um, so it was really, I mean, geez. Yeah. I mean, it's been well over a year that we started trying, but, um, yeah, it was really after I would say we purchased our first home and we purchased our home two years ago, which is kind of hard to believe, um, that we decided that, okay, well, I guess now is the time. And it ended up taking a lot longer than I thought it, <laughs> I ever thought it would. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk, let's talk through from that point on. So, you know, now you and Kevin have decided it's great. Let's do this. We're in the right situation. We feel like it's right time to start a family. How long did you try on your own? And how long, when did you know it was time to like consult with a medical professional, like seek help? Yeah. Well, I think first off, I'm just going to say that I was really naive to this whole thing. Um, I just thought that, you know, for most people, the first time that you try, quote unquote, (laughs) is, you know, when it would happen. So I I mean, I've heard of like infertility and knew of some people who had experienced it. But I just I just thought that was kind of rare. And I was just really naive to everything. So I'm just going to start off with that. So um, once it was about, it was like at six months, I was like, okay, um, it's time going on here. (laughs) And around that time, I actually had my um, OBGYN appointment, you know, your yearly appointment. And while I was there, I had, I told her that, you know, we were trying and nothing, you know, was really happening. And I was actually the one that asked her, like, do you think we could get like a semen analysis and, you know, kind of start checking things just because I just, I'm kind like we've talked about before. I, I just like to plan for things if I can, I like to know the issue, know what's going on. So she, um, sent in like a prescription for that. We did that and everything came back normal and fine. So she kind of just told me because I was like, 
20, almost 29 at the time, she was like, you know, you're, you're still young, just like, you know, keep trying. It can take up to a year, you know, for, for some people. So just keep trying, just keep trying. Um, so that is really like the first point when I was like, okay, I'm going to ask someone. So after a year (laughs) when it didn't happen, I was like, okay, I feel like I need to take that that next step. And so well, and sorry, you were you were having normal cycles too, right? Yes. Like everything was on yes. track. There was no reason for you to think that there would be a reason why you shouldn't be getting pregnant. Yeah, no, I was like as regular as regular can be. It was like yeah. every 29 days I was having a period. Like, you know, my periods were never um super painful, like just super normal. Um so yeah, it was all everything seemed normal from my end. Um, they even checked, even at my OB, they did like a progesterone check and was like making sure that I was ovulating and that came back normal too. So I was like, okay, we have normal, you know, ovulation, normal hormones, Kevin's semen analysis, which he doesn't care if I'd say that, (laughs) um, was totally normal. Um, so it was just like, you know, I'm just scratching my head here. Like what's going on? And it's been, well, it was over a year before I decided to see an RE, a reproductive endocrinologist. And that's when we really got into, into everything. So we really tried for a little over a year before I ended up seeing a true RE. And I almost kind of, I really just did that on my own. I was going to say, you didn't, your OB wasn't, didn't actually at that point she didn't send you there. You decided to just take the reins and go, right? I did. I did. And, yeah. and I, like I said, I've had some friends go through um, such similar situations and they just told me, you know, why don't you just call them? And I always thought that like your OB had to refer you, but that's at Dang. least in Indiana for me, that wasn't the case. So I just called and set up an appointment. And um, the first thing that they did was an HSG, which essentially they take a dye and inject it into your tubes to make sure that they're open. And of course, (laughs) they were totally normal. Uh, My tubes were open. And then that's when I was, and I I can't, I don't even know if I call it a diagnosis, but that's what they told me with unexplained infertility. And again, I'm no, I'm no doctor of this. I'm just going through my own experience and what I've learned and what they told me. But to be diagnosed with unexplained infertility, you have to have been, at least for my age, which I was under 30 at the time, trying for um, a year with total normal cycles and ovulations where they like check your hormones and also a normal semen analysis and an HSG that shows that your tubes were open. So So basically everything's normal and nothing's happening. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how they diagnose you quote unquote with unexplained infertility. So at that point, so when you were initially, when you were diagnosed with unexplained infertility, how, how did, how did it feel? And like, were you still hopeful at that point thinking, okay, this is good. And then how does, how did Kevin, like, how did you both take the news? Like, was this, was this a place where it's like, Hey, we still have lots of options. Or was this the first place where it's like, really like what now? Mm -hmm. 
Well, for me, it was really frustrating at mm-hmm. first just because I like the world to make sense, right? Yeah. I like, here's your answers. Yeah, you here's answers. your problem. Here's your solution. And so it was really frustrating to hear, you know, everything looks totally normal. Everything's fine. It's just not working. And uh, so for me, I was really frustrated. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin is, if, you know, a lot of you obviously don't know my husband, but He's very calm, cool, and collected all the time. Yes. <laughs> yes, <he is. laughs> so things don't ever really get to him. So I felt like, which was good for me, right? Because I was the one that was worried and frustrated. And he was more so like, it's going to happen. Like, you know, we're doing all the right things. And honestly, like from what I've heard, unexplained infertility is one of the better diagnoses you can get because they can't find anything wrong. Um So it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong. That's great, right? But then it's just, okay, what are the necessary steps we need to take to try to get, you know, to the baby, the baby that we want? Um, So I was really frustrated. I was, you know, annoyed with the fact that I didn't have a problem. And it was weird to be that way because I was like, I don't want something wrong with me necessarily, but I also want to know what's the proper solution. But um, there's a lot of different things that you can do, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, yeah Kevin, um, Kevin was more like, it'll be okay. Something will happen. Um, and I was a little bit more frustrated and worried as well. Well, for sure. I, I know. And it is. Like, you are you and I are both the same. It's like, you just want an answer. It's mm-hmm. like, give me the problem. Give me the solution. Don't mm-hmm. tell me that there's like, we don't know. It's all, you know, just figure it out. Yeah, Exactly. Um, well, let's actually, let's talk through your journey. Obviously, everyone knows that it was successful. So why don't we kind of talk through, um, so you did the HSG test. It was unexplained fertil- infertility. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe walk us through, let's walk through your journey. And then we can kind of talk about like points during the journey that might help those who are in the journey now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, after I had, you know, all of the tests done and the HSG and they you know, gave me that diagnosis of unexplained infertility. My doctor basically told me that um, I had a less than 5% chance of conceiving on my own, which was really shocking to me. Yeah. Um, I think they said they, yeah, if you've been trying for over a year, age 30, nothing's wrong, then you have a less than 5% chance. Because I guess when Uh you're, if you're like not, infertile we'll say and you don't at least you don't know that you have a 20 at my age you have a 20 percent chance of getting pregnant and then 31 to I forget the number after that it's like 18 so my number at this point because I had already been trying for over a year had dropped significantly to five percent and that was really shocking to me and so that's when I knew like okay, I, I, we're going to have to do something else. Cause I mean, I should note that 5% is not zero, right? So there's a possibility, but it's very unlikely and very low unless you have some type of medical intervention. Well, and especially, I mean, like you said, you're having normal cycles. They can't find anything wrong. In my head, I'm thinking it's way higher than 5%, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first thing that they recommend was to do Clomid with an IUI. And for those of you who don't know what Clomid is, and Carrie, you obviously know what this is, but for listeners that don't, um, it's basically a medication that stimulates um, your ovaries to ovulate. 
And for some reason with unexplained infertility at my age, if I just did an IUI without Clomid, the chances were really low. If I just did Clomid with no IUI, the chances were still really low. But if you do both together, the chances are a lot higher. It's about 20% chance of pregnancy for my age. Um, and if you don't know what an IUI is, I should say it stands for intrauterine insemination. So basically what they do is they take Kevin's sperm, they then wash it. Um, basically they just get all of the like substance away and they just, just leaves with the sperm. They pick the winners. <laughs> they do. They pick <laughs> the winners. Um, and they then take the sperm and insert it directly into your uterus with hopes that they kind of have an easier access. And then with the Clomid that stimulates, you know, more eggs and ovulation, more eggs, more sperm, hopefully you have a higher percentage of pregnancy. So I did that the first time and I actually had two eggs to which they call mature follicles and they go in, make sure that you're, you know, have the follicles and the eggs and whatnot. And they do that by ultrasound and then they prepare you for the IUI. And so I did that the first time and then you have to do the whole wait two weeks, which is like the longest two weeks ever. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work. And that was probably, I was, for me, I was so hopeful, I guess, because like, I don't know what, for me, I just, I'm always like, okay, the first time this is going to work, this is going to work, you know? And so, yeah. you know, I, I try to be as positive as possible. So after that, I was like, oh my goodness, like that was, was that probably, your, do you think that was your low point? It really was. That was my, yeah. that was my lowest point because at that point I was like, wow, like we really, we're going to have to really dive deep into this. And this is going to be, I think, a lot more involved than I thought it would. And I felt like I was the only one at the time going through it. I had no, I knew one other girl that had similar situation. Um, but a lot of my friends were pregnant and getting pregnant. And I had been trying for like so long at that point that it was just like, Man, yeah, that was definitely my lowest point. And I will say this too, that and if you are getting an IUI and they give you this, do not do what I did. Because I was just going <laughs> to say, are we, we going to mention maybe the low? Yeah, we're going to mention, yeah, we're going to yeah. mention what I just listen to your doctors. Like, just, <laughs> just listen. There's a reason they're doctors. Um, so when you get, at least for me, when you do Clomid and IUI, they also gave me what they call a trigger shot. Which essentially, and like I said, I'm not a doctor. I might not be saying this totally correct. Um, so always ask your doctor, Ari, about this. But um, basically that shot tells your body when to release the egg so that they can kind of time it right. Um, so that they can time the IUI, which is the insertion of the sperm with that. Because I think it does it like a 24 or 48 hours, I believe. So they want to try to get that so that it meets as closely as possible. Well, within that trigger shot contains the HCG hormone, which is the pregnancy hormone, for those of you who don't know that. And they told me, do not take a pregnancy test until two weeks when we do, when you take one and then you let us know. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then at like nine days past my IUI, I was like, surely that's out of my system by now. Surely it is. So I took a pregnancy test 
and it showed up positive and I was so excited and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's two lines. And then I took another one the next day and it was totally gone. And so it was a false positive and they told me not to do this and I did it anyway. And that was also part of the reason why it was at a really low point. It's just so hard to, you you know, that, that waiting game, it gets to you. It gets, it it just gets to you. Mm -hmm. Yes. So do you want me to keep going with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go through. No, let's go through it. Let's okay. get to okay. let's go I mean, through it because we know we want to hit the success. Right? Oh yeah. This is the exactly. messiness of it all, right? So my doctor told me that we would do an IUI max three times um, before moving on to IVF or in vitro fertilization. And so we prepared Clomid again um, to try to get me to, you know, make more eggs and and ovule, which I was already ovulating. So for me, it was really just to make more eggs or more follicles. And I, um, this is the next month. So you, so you can do these month to month. I think it depends on the person, but so I actually had three mature follicles the next month and they were preparing, you know, the wash and everything of the sperm to do the IUI. And I had found out, I actually called Carrie when I found out that I had <laughs> three mature follicles because there's a little bit of a waiting between when they do the ultrasound and then while they're washing the sperm and whatnot. So you have a couple of hours. And they told me like, you know, percentage of twins is like 20%. Multiples is really, or um, triplets is really low. But I can, we can't say we've never seen it before. And I was just like, oh, wow, that would be, you know, <laughs> I'd be happy for, I mean, at this point I was like, whatever. But also I was like, wow, that's a lot. So while I was waiting for them to prepare everything, I <laughs> called Carrie and I was like, what would you do if you were in my situation? I was like, right. would you go through this? Because he told me, he's like, had this been your first, my doctor, he said, had this been your first time? You know, I don't think we would do it, but because you had two mature follicles last time and nothing took, like, I think it's fine. I think let's give it a shot. So I called you, I was waiting and I was like, oh my gosh, what do you think I should do? I said, go for it. Yeah. And you just said, go for it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. That's what God wanted. And we're, we're, I would say we're firm believers in God and he's got a plan. So he's (laughs) going to give you three babies and here we go. (laughs) Then I'm going to go for it. So I was like, you know what? That totally makes sense. Like, I'm not just going to skip this. Um, and we did it and I waited, did the IUI and I waited two weeks and I did take a pregnancy test on day 10 because I read that it takes 10 days. (laughs) To um, get out of your it. system. I know it's so bad. Please don't do that. Um, and it was positive. But I have to say, you know, I think one of your questions was like, tell me when you found out, you know. Yeah. What was your reaction when you found out that first, like okay. the second? The well, first. it was hesitant, right? Because of my first, because of the month prior to that. Um, and I told Kevin, I was like, it's positive. I don't know if I am or not because I, I don't know if it is that trigger shot. Cause they also did that again for the second time. And so I took one the next day and it was darker. And mm-hmm. I then knew at that point that it was real because it would be getting lighter, not darker. And I just kept taking them. And I was, I have a friend who's a 
nurse practitioner um, in the female health. And I was texting her. I was like, do you, what do you think about this? She's like, I think that's positive, blah, blah, blah. You know? And at that point, that's when I, we got really, really excited, but it wasn't until we had the actual um, blood work where it confirmed everything that we were like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But I have to say it wasn't like this moment where you see on TV where people oh, yeah. are like screaming up and down because <laughs> I was hesitant from the month prior, but yeah. So the second one worked. Um, it's just one, just one, just one baby, just one baby, just one baby. I would, which happily- she knows the sex right now, everyone. This is a, a we're, we are recording this a day before she's about to tell us. So she knows yes. I do not. I do know by the time this comes out, you all will, she will know. know, but at yes. this very moment, yeah, Kevin and I are the only ones that know, which is exciting. It's exciting. Um, but yeah, we were just so grateful because our next month we is when we were going to be doing IVF. And I was just, I think the second time, the second month for the IUI, I was just shocked because I honestly wasn't expecting it to work because the first one didn't. So Kevin and I had this, you know, conversation about IVF and, you know, we were fully expecting that that was our next stage. And my doctor, he said he would do an IUI three times, but he was also like, let's just kind of move on Mm -hmm. after this. If you have three mature follicles and undertaking, like let's really get to where we can figure out what's going on. And by God's grace, we, um, it worked. So I'm 13 weeks and two days today. So it's crazy. Yeah. I still can't believe it. I'm still in shock and it just feels crazy. And I'm just so thankful and grateful. And I know that many women have, you know, much more, you know, much longer experiences than I do. And, you know, it takes longer, but I just, you know, stay hopeful. I think that's my mm-hmm. biggest. Is that your, I was just going to say, my final question is like, but, you know, for those who are listening, who are, you know, at their low point or like where you were, or just going through this journey, like, what is your, what is your learning since you're fresh out of it and you have, mm-hmm. you are a success story. Like what advice do you have for those who are going through it right now? Yeah, I think a couple of things. First off is don't lose hope. You know, it might not be, you will have a child and it might not be how you pictured or planned. You know, a lot of people do other different options, but at the end of the day, you will become a parent, you know, if you decide to do those options or if it works for you. So just don't lose hope because I think when we lose hope, that's when things, we start to get even more depressed. And I think just, and it can be hard, right? Like I'm not, Mm -hmm. this was not rainbow and roses for me whatsoever. Um, I definitely, you know, had times where I'd call friends crying and it's, I mean, it's, you just have to take it one day at a time and talk with, you know, find people or community that are going through similar situations. Because for me, um, there was a girl, like I said, I did know one girl who's at the same time going through something similar. And it was nice to talk to her about that just because she knew the feelings that I was feeling and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, don't lose hope, find a good community and just take it day by day and give yourself grace to, you know, allow yourself Mm -hmm. to feel the feelings and, and know that it's okay to feel those feelings as well. For sure. And that's, I feel like, do you, one, one other question I'm just thinking, like, was it, 
Do you think it was, was it stressful on your relationship with Kevin at all? Like this past year going through infertility, not even just the process of the IUI, but just infertility as a whole. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely think it, in some ways it brought us closer Closer. just because Mm -hmm. we had these really hard conversations that we had to talk about. Um, Like, okay, you know, are we going to do IVF? What if that doesn't work? Like, and there's so many other different options. Um, I don't, I can't even list them all, but you know, we had to have those really hard conversations. We also had, it helped our, our faith a lot and us grow as a couple with, you know, um, with that too. Um, and, but I mean, yeah, there's definitely times where, I think it probably put a little bit of stress because I'm, I know me, I'm not easy when I'm really stressed and overwhelmed. You know, sometimes I just need to be by myself and kind of think through my feelings and, and it's a lot. I mean, even, and I mean, this is getting really, you know, into it, but even like physically when you're actually trying and you're trying to have a baby, it takes a lot, you know what I mean? Away from that. that. And that's such an important part between a, husband and a wife or just, you know, partners in general that, um, it can be strenuous. So it's, I mean, yes, in some ways it brought us closer, but in other ways there were stressful points. And I think for any couple, it's that way. That's what I was going to say. That was the one thing I was going to add to like just my experience and mine wasn't even as in depth as yours is there are, there for sure were times where it was like, we definitely felt closer. And there were times where it's like, you were being forced to do things that you aren't (laughs) supposed to be for, you know, like, you know, have intercourse on day three, four, five. It's oh, like, no, yes. we don't, who, who has time for this? He's traveling. I'm doing this. I'm, there's just, just so make much like, stress on it. Takes the it fun does. away from everything. It really does. So if you're, if you're, are going through it right now, do know that like, you know, just as Bailey pointed out there, stay hopeful, but also know that you're not the only one going through it and you're, you have a right to be upset and there's going to be stressful times, but they're also going to be, I mean, I feel like you've even, reach points where there's, there was a lot of hope in your story. Like, especially like your relationship with Kevin has grown and you are uh-huh. pregnant. So yeah, <laughs> lots of yes. good. so thankful for that. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm really trying not to take this for granted. And if I've learned one thing, it's that I'm not in control, mm-hmm. that the world doesn't always make sense. It's not going to go by my plan because I'm such a control freak. And I know that. And I feel like this was God's way for me, at least, of telling me that, that you're not in control and you just kind of have to let me be, you know, the one to guide you. And it actually brought me a lot closer. I feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was days when I was like really mad, Yeah, I feel like, but I think that was my main learning experience. And also it taught me that we are all so special in our own way. And there's a plan for each and every one of us just because of going through this process. I know how hard it is to get pregnant and every single one of us is special and unique and chosen to be here in our own way. And, um, that was actually, it's kind of mind blowing. You don't really realize that until you go through, you know, the waves and these infertility Mm -hmm. journeys and whatnot about how special each one of us really is. I love that. That was perfect. Well, well good. this has been awesome. <laughs> this has been absolutely awesome. Bay, thank you for being vulnerable and just sharing your experience because I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, yeah. I just know you do. You feel really alone when you're going through it. Yeah, Even it's if definitely you have isolating. To, yeah, it's isolating. Even if you have a support system, it is isolating. So if you are listening and you're going through this, um, 
you know, reach out, reach out to Bailey, especially she's been, she's just fresh off this and I'm sure could Mm -hmm. offer a lot of support and advice. Um, so please reach out if you are going through that and we're so excited. So this is, you know, we're, we're on season two. We have a lot of really cool ideas for this upcoming season. So we hope you will stay tuned and join and listen to, um, some exciting guests we have and just a lot of more fun, messy topics. Yeah, this is definitely a messy one. Definitely, yeah, this <laughs> messy, is a messy but one. good with a happy ending at least. Exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, so season two, stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> if you are loving the Messy Mom podcast, we would be so grateful if you would give us a top rating and mm-hmm. um, leave a comment below and share this with a mom. If you are not going through this, but you know someone who is, we would love it if you would pass this information along we want to reach and help as many mamas as we can we know that being a mom is messy but amazing and we just want to share it we want to share um the guests we have some great guests we just have a lot of a lot of fun topics that we think you would all benefit from so stay tuned for season two (laughs) all right mamas until next time we'll see you then bye bye